to get dressed for this stuff. I don't want to get dressed. <laughs> so, um, just here to ask you a couple questions. Pretty much like, you know, talk about us growing up together. You can do that right now if you wanted to. Tell like a little, if you want to talk about like your story, um, you know, we didn't always have it great, still kind of don't, but we still, <laughs> still make good moves. So if you want to get into that, go ahead. Um, growing up, I had to watch Wayne all the time. <laughs> he was bad as hell. He was so bad. Like Really? He was so bad. Like. It was the worst thing ever. I begged my mom to go work at Burger King yeah, for I'm like, I'll pick up trash off the ground and watch it. He was so bad. But um, it was perfect birth control because I didn't have my first child so I was 29. Um, so thank you, Wayne. That's, that's it. Okay, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I want to get into um, like how you uh went from like junior high school to college pretty much you want to get into that running star at oc yes yeah, so i was in, i was in high school for like a year and a half and okay. then I took, I took a test um for, for this program called running star where you can basically take high school and community college classes at the same time um so i went into high school planning to take the test and I was like you know high school is lit like I actually want to stay here but then like by sophomore year all my friends got pregnant and then they went to alternative school Sounds and I'm like so I ain't got nobody to, to talk to or hang out with no more because they're all in alternative school so I was like you know what I guess I'll just do this running start thing so I did I took the test the first time and I did really bad on it because I was in and out like within five minutes. It's supposed to be like a 90 minute test, but I had had gym class prior and it was raining and my hair, my hair, like when you got natural hair, like I look like a chia pet. The gym teacher did not care. She made us run in the rain. So I came and then I, you know, I forged a signature to skip the rest of my classes and I called my sister. I was like, yo, can you and your boyfriend come pick me up? Because I look crazy. I was hiding in the in the gym shower and stuff. And so everybody went to the next class and I snuck out. And then uh, sister's boyfriend, she, he was like, oh, and he saw me because my hair. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I didn't pass the test that time. But then my mom basically threatened me the second time. And um, I had no choice but to pass it. So I passed it the second time. I did all my colleges uh, classes at the college because um, it was just too much to go back and forth between high school and college. And and then they were kind of mean to me there. They would call me a felon teen because I was only 16 years old. Why the felon teen part? Why the felon part? Because, like, I'm underage. Like, because guys would try to come talk to me and they'd be like, you know, I'd just be by myself at the yeah. table and instead and they could try to come up to me. That was shy kiki. Yeah, they was like, yo, shorty, how old are you? And I was like, 16. And oh, <laughs> oh, y'all, you a felon teen. We can't hang out with you, dude. So I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, growing up in Bermonton, you know, there's not like a lot of people that like come from we come from, make it like big and stuff. Uh, what was like, what was it like the first time you realized you wanted to like leave Bermonton and like go off and do your thing? 
my whole life, I knew I wanted to leave Bremerton. I'm like, this is not it. No disrespect to Bremerton, because that's where I came from, whatever. But um, no, that was not it. Even like in high school, like when all the girls would be like tripping over these ugly men that don't even look like they shower. I'm like, this is not it, girl. This is not the life. This is not for me. And then they come back the next day and then they play you in front of their old, ugly, musty friends. I'm like, no, nah, this is not for me. So. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew, I, I don't know, you just, in all, like, in all seriousness, like, you just kind of have a feeling like you're meant for more. So that's why I was like, you know, my way out of here, I saw early on was like through college, um, because our military was not for me. So I was like, you know, college, whatever, college route, so let me go ahead and study and write these stupid papers or whatever that my teacher wants me to do so I can go off and go to college, because I just knew deep down like I was meant for more than what I saw around me what was like the first college you want to go to like outside of like when you like in Burlington what was like the college the college I wanted to go to was Wazoo Wazoo the party school (laughs) I was was gonna go there with my friend and Ashley Moore at the time but she passed away in a car accident and she's the one who really talked me into going to Wazoo so I didn't want to stay in state. And I was like, oh, Wazoo's lit. So we were going to go together, but she had passed away. So then um, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to Wazoo now. Um, and I started looking into Howard. And Howard just looked so lit online, on the Howard website. What, like, made you, like, like really, like, made you want to, like, go to Howard, though? Like, what was, like, the, was there, like, a certain thing that I was like, okay, I'm about to just go here. I'm I was like, look at all these Black people. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But no, that and then this, you could just, I don't know, it's like you could just feel the energy through the computer. It was just like something that I needed. I felt like it was just something that, what I felt was missing in my life, I felt like it was at Howard. And when you just go on the website and then you just learn about all the amazing people that went there from Diddy to, oh my, everybody freaking went to Howard. I can't even name them all. Like, what? Everybody went to Howard. Just look at it. Anthony Anderson went to Howard. Taraji P. Henson went to Howard. And Lance Gross, Chadwick Boseman. Like, what? Like, you remember your first homecoming? Yeah, my first homecoming was so ratchet. Um, but I went and it was so good. Like, it was good ratchet. Like, a good ratchet. Good. <laughs> first time going out, I wasn't a partier, so that was the only time, like, I went out and no, I got cute. I was broke, but I did what I could within my, you know, within my $10 budget. And it was cool. And then my sister, or our sister, she she came. She went to GW, but she came to the hood side of D.C. and partied with us. And then I um, had some friends from uh, back home in Washington that came out there. So it was lit. It was lit, minus all the, you know, grabbing and stuff. Like, it was fun. Also, like I don't know if people know, you did like a hundred million four hundred and two like internships at Howard. Like, what was like the like? Do you remember your first internship and how you got, how did you get it? My first internship in general, or, or yeah, uh, just at Howard. Like when you oh, inter- at Howard, my first internship was at a radio station and WPGC ninety five point five FM, and uh, it was like the most lit radio station in the city at the time, and um. It was just so far. It was way out in Maryland. You know, they call it D.C., DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. It was way out in Maryland. You know, I didn't drive or nothing. So I had to catch two trains and a bus. Or was it two buses and a train? Something like that. I had to catch mad stuff to get there. On public transportation, it took like an hour, a little over an hour to get there. 
And then once I get off the bus, I have to jaywalk. We're not on a regular street, like across a highway. I have to jaywalk across the actual highway. So I was, it was, it was a journey every day and try not to get hit by a car. But um, yeah, that was my first internship and I loved it. And I walked in there and Big Tigger was on the radio and <laughs> Big Tigger, you're too young. You probably don't remember. I remember BT. But yeah, he was huge on BT. He had the Rap City, the basement, and then he was hosting 106 in Park for a while. He was like so lit. And then for the longest, I was watching BT. I don't see Big Tigger no more. So when I walk into the radio station, I'm like, yo, I found Big Tigger. Like, he's over here on the radio. How was that? Like, how was that? Like, like seeing somebody you like grew up on, like watching on TV, and then you actually like yeah. see them in person? That was amazing because I didn't see nobody in, in Bremerton. <laughs> <laughs> I literally didn't see nobody. There was like not one famous person. I the most I've seen is when I went on a field trip to Seattle and like met like the reporters at Channel Five News, and that was it. Like I didn't see nobody. So you know, I was like, you know, I'm act professional. I'm like, oh my god. And then like I leave, and then I call him, our sister. I keep saying my sister, our sister, and I'm like, oh my god, and it's like crazy now because I've interviewed everybody and I'm like big ticket like it was so dope it was it just felt like I was making the right step towards something I don't even know exactly what I wanted to do but I just felt like I was in the right place because it was like I wasn't even in DC for like six months and then I'm already working in this environment with someone that I grew up on and idolized so it was so much fun and everyone there was so nice to me I worked so hard they gave me um they gave me a super intern award in front of all the other interns. I was like, yeah, bitches. You still have it? Super intern. You don't have it? <laughs> it wasn't like an award award. It was like some ghetto stuff, like in a box or something. I don't know, but I didn't care. I was like, I'm the super intern. I don't care if they gave me a badge. I'm like, yo, I'm the super intern, and y'all are my intern peasants because I'm the super intern um can you can you tell the people about like your elevator pitch and like what internship that was for elevator pitch okay so i was in this um program called um epp it was industry power players but industry with an e little ghetto but it's cool um so um that's what that's what (laughs) what i was in at howard and oh my god it was like you had a pledge to get into that that was a whole it was like a whole like you gotta do the most like we we had to act like we were on the apprentice we had to do so much to get in it like it was a it was it was like a program but you couldn't just get into it like you they only picked like nine of us out of like a couple hundred or whatever um so i got in there and that's when i learned about the industry about the entertainment industry and so many people in there are my close friends to this day but we all worked and hustled and um, that's when I, I learned about an elevator pitch and basically like how you can sell yourself to someone that you meet if you have the opportunity to be in someone important, like, you know, without being prepared, what are you going to say in a minute? Because you don't have that much time in a minute. What can you say in a minute to convince someone to, um, you know, hire you or whatever, or work with you or whatever you want? And then try to go down even lower. What can you say in 30 seconds? What can you say in 15 seconds? So that's what I learned about that. And I actually experienced it at Howard um, when um, this lady, this amazing woman named Depulsion McCruder, she was, um, I, I, don't, I know she's still with Viacom now, but she was like the senior vice president, um, I can't believe, of something at, at MTV. And she came and spoke to her class. 
So she was already mad um, after class because someone in the class, who happened to be my partner for the class project, but anyway, he was dumb. And I guess she had just spoke to his class before, the class he was in prior. So before she comes and speaks, he goes, he raises his hand, he's like, um, I just listened to you speak. So when you speak again, can you like make it in it like not boring? Like he was so, oh, he was trying to be funny. But, like, no one was laughing. We're all like, oh, my God, did she really just say that? And she was pissed. So after she spoke, she, like, stormed out of there. I'm like, hi, um, Ms. Magruder. My name is Kiki Ed. Da, 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 da. And uh, she's like, and I was like, yeah, well, you know, I saw they had uh, for, I saw they had, like, you know, they had MTVU back then, which was, like, MTV University or whatever. Like, it was all the, on all the campuses, universities, the channel for MTVU college students, for MTV college students. So, like, I was like, I saw you had, like, you know, internships available for MTVU and da-da-da. She's like, well, you need in- internship experience. I was like, I do actually work at the radio station, da-da-da-da. And I da-da-da-da. And she was, she was just, like, so mad. And um, and I was just telling her, like, you I have experience right now, I promise. And da-da-da-da. And I'm in this program called EPP, which I'm sure she didn't care about, but I cared about. <laughs> um, so then she was like okay, just email me. And then I literally, like, I had class right after, but I just didn't care. I ran right to the iLab, and I went and emailed her my resume and stuff. She had it before she even got in her car, I'm sure. Like, I emailed it so quick. I'm like, I'll email you my resume. So I, hi, Mr. Gruder. And then I went to class a little late. But, yeah, she literally, the next day, um, the higher up at MTVU marketing department, and his name was Chris something, Chris McDonald. McCarthy or McCarthy something I don't know but um he emailed me and he offered me the internship I was like damn girl you way high up (laughs) (laughs) I missed 24 hours and the internship of course is in New York and I was going to school in DC so then you know empire state of mind I was lit at 19 interning at MTV and then working across the street at Junior's Cheesecake that's where Diddy made them all watch to go get the cheesecake. So for the one in Brooklyn, I worked at the one in Manhattan. And that's when internships weren't paid. And I got paid $10 an hour. And all my friends were getting $8 an hour. <laughs> I was like, mm, wish a little $8. <laughs> so you were still in D.C. like and going traveling to New York? No, this was summer. It was a summer internship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, well, how was like your first time being in New York? Amazing. It was like so many di- oh my god so actually my first two minutes there I almost got hit by a taxi because I wasn't paying attention you know you just you know how you just like on your phone you see other people crossing the street yeah. so I'm walking too but of course you know people jaywalk like shit there yeah. and then the guy I wouldn't even know the guy turned around listening to me he's like yo be careful and then literally <laughs> a taxi just, like right in front of me they even honk or nothing like he was just gonna kill me and keep going and I was like welcome to New York bitch like <laughs> <laughs> So like, uh, what are some like, what are, what was, do you have any challenges, challenges outside of that, like getting your other internships? Um, not really. I didn't really have any challenges getting internships. I mean, for, for BET, it was like applying for college all over again. They wanted everything. So, I mean, the first time I applied, like I didn't hear it back because I used to, I sent everything piece by piece because they wanted so much. And then the second time, like he could just do it the right time, put everything in one package together and then I just heard back immediately, and that was an amazing internship. And then I had to do a news station internship that was a requirement for school, which I hated. And that's when I knew I did not want to do local news. I hated that. Um, but it was at um, 
NBC for a local DC station. The people there were cool. I just waking up at like 4 a.m. every day to go out with reporters and report on stories. Like I was tired. Um, so I was like, just not for me. What are um uh what are like have you ever got like what what was the best advice you got like during like your internship that you probably like used to today? Um, the best advice I got. I didn't really get no advice. I didn't really get no advice. They was like, "Kiki, do this, do this." I was like, "Okay," and I did it. What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? And then people just loved my work ethic, and I was just so bubbly and happy. I was never like, oh, "Okay," I was just so excited to do, it. and I was like. I don't know, maybe, I think it's where I came from too and coming from humble beginnings, like working was never a problem for me. Like I felt so grateful to have those opportunities be, I was the only person in college at Howard and just in college in general at BET working like these major events. I'm the only person that's up there like 20 years old at 19 years old at BET Awards and stuff. And I would have to skip class to go work for a week and then bring back, you know, like fifteen hundred dollars and stuff, you know, just working, working, working. How was that? Like, like how was like your first like like BT award show? That was amazing. I couldn't believe they asked me to go. And not only did they ask me to go, you know, I was interning. My internship had just ended. You know, BT Awards was in summer. They paid me to come be a, a production assistant. You know, your production assistant, you just moving around water and juices and lifting this, lifting that putting print things on you're doing literally whatever needs to be done you're running around your feet hurt and I just would work 12 14 16 hour days go sleep shower come back not no not complain or anything like they love me I was like the best I mean that's their words you know I was the best production assistant so I was just so then I kept getting hired for more and more BT events and I was just super grateful because I wasn't making no I'm like whoa I did I just make a thousand dollar check like wow you want something that's cool. Yeah, so I, that was my first time in L.A. too, flying to L.A. I don't even know where I was at. I was in some, you had to pay for your own hotel and transportation <laughs> too. I didn't care though. But uh, I was like, you know, I'll make it back. You know, the difference I made back wasn't that much, but it was still something. And But yeah, I was. I stayed at the grimiest hotel. It was so dirty. I think it was a motel actually, because I couldn't afford in LA yeah but I mean I was just so thankful to be there I'm like wow like I'm working it was the 2010 BT Awards it was their 10-year anniversary because they first started BT Awards in 2000 so it was a 10-year anniversary and it was a really good award show and people were writing me on Facebook they're like Kiki we knew you were a part of this because it was actually good this year and I'm like don't play BT (laughs) don't play BT I didn't have nothing to do with the writing or nothing I was just there but it was it was such an amazing experience. I thought that was a war show where Chris Brown and people started loving him again, where he did the man in the mirror yeah, performance. Yeah, like he was like, oh, Chris. I remember being in a, in, a, in a production office. He was like, oh, Chris, Chris. Oh, I just want to hug him. <laughs> like it was such a good show. So it was a beautiful experience. I didn't really see anything outside of LA. All I knew of LA was that dirty motel. Um, so I didn't really get to experience LA because I was working, but it was just so cool to see so many black people of excellence in one spot it was amazing so after college you went to new york you um where did you work at again okay so i had no problem getting internships i had a hell of a problem getting a job <laughs> <laughs> which was a shocker to me i'm like i didn't intern my whole college experience i was at none of the frat party none of the sorority 
dirty part. I wasn't on the yard. I didn't barely did homecomings. Like y'all can't give me a job. A sister working hard out here. You can't give me a job. I was so mad. And then, and then that's when people were getting in my ear. They're like, yeah, you know, the people graduated so many names. People that graduated three and four years of, of before me can't get a job in their industry. And I'm like, listen, the way these student loans are set up, I'm like, getting a job <laughs> in my industry. But it took a while. So six months, I'm in New York and, um, uh, I stay like um, with this nice Spanish family, like in a room. Like I was on some ghetto stuff like, in a room, and then with um, so I was doing odd jobs while I was staying there. And I, by odd jobs, I mean like I was going around like selling uh, like kids and animals. Like <laughs> like I was like for a dollar a day, like you know you can buy this animal for a dollar a day. You can sponsor this kid, and in New York, that's not the place to do that, especially when you yeah, have to buzz is. up. Yeah, so I would buzz up. Like, who the fuck is it? I'm like, <laughs> hi, um, for a dollar a day, get the fuck away from my thing. And I'm like, okay. So yeah, it was hard. It was hard. And that was just off commission too. That was such a bad job. So then I also worked um for Macy's.com. When not cute, I worked where they <laughs> they packed all the packages and stuff. So I was over there taping everything. That prepared me for copycats. So I was over there taping boxes up and down, packaging cutting myself like in a little like room like it's in this nice building in Manhattan all the nice stuff is like on the other floors where you shoot and style for Macy's no I was like at the bottom of the trenches and one of the girls there she was like you know do you want can you see yourself doing this and I said no to her and I said no <laughs> I can't um so then so those were temp jobs that's when I learned about temp agencies and I went there and that's what they gave me um, so then um, someone emailed me so randomly um, to apply for a job at Jerry Springer. And I was like, Jerry Springer is still on. <laughs> like, I thought they were all like syndicated. I know. I'm like, wait, this show is still on. I grew up watching Jerry Springer. I'm like, what the heck? And um, they were like, yeah. So they were based in Stanford, Connecticut. So I had to catch the Metro. I had to catch the subway to the Metro and then catch the Metro a little over an hour to Stanford. And I went and interviewed there and I had to talk with myself in the mirror. I said, okay, Kiki, this is it. Like, <laughs> do you want to go back tomorrow to these damn boxes and selling babies and animals? Or do you want to do this trash talk TV? Like, get it together. So I looked in the mirror. I said, Kiki, you're going to walk out of here with a job. And that's what I did. I walked out there with it. They loved me. They were How was that experience like? I mean, I did sign... Some papers say that. Oh, NDA. I don't know. We don't want you to get sued. <laughs> I hate, hate it. I won't go into details. So, what did you do after Jerry Springer? I was just getting out. <laughs> after Jerry, so this is what happened. So, I only worked at Jerry Springer for six months, but literally, as many hours as they're making you work there, 80 plus a week <clears throat> um I felt like I was I feel like I aged 10 years and like I worked there forever that's I'm like wow it's only been six months so in December after the holiday party I put in my two weeks notice and I said you know what I don't care I'm not coming back here <laughs> I'm not coming back I don't know where I'm going I will go back to selling babies and I should stop saying it like that and it sounds so bad yeah yeah it sounds it sounds like you I wasn't selling babies I was 
selling the sponsorship of babe anyway like for one dollar a day you can help this child for out a dollar a day you can help this child and i would knock on doors and they were on the phone and stuff in new york they're like what do you need like a dollar i'm like no i need you i need your credit card i need your credit card so the dollar comes out every month that's what i need so um anyway after that, I was just like, you know, what? I'm going to figure it out. And in between, I, you know, I, I kept in contact with MTV because for Jerry Springer, I worked there for two days <laughs> um, for like Disney Media Film for two days in their post-production department. And then so randomly, they didn't contact me at all while I was at Jerry Springer. And so randomly for the new year, they were like, hey, can you come in for four days to help out? I'm like, yeah, of course. And four days just turned into like a year plus. And they just kept having me come back every day. So um, they um, would call me, you know, freelance, but then I, like, permalance, so I keep coming back every day. Um, but it was just someone that looked out for me at MTV. I think they just knew I needed a job, and I was just so nice and stuff. But, yeah, it was so much fun. That's when Guy Code and Girl Code was big. That's when Nick Cannon brought Walden out back to MTV, too, and that's when Walden out was, like, even bigger. Um, it was such a fun experience. That's when I met one of my best friends, and it was just such a fun experience there like it was it was it was such a fun experience but um I just felt myself being in the same predicament with every job which is like you know this is cool I could do this I can climb up here and master it and you know climb the executive chain but this is not what I went to school what for I'm going to do yeah so I just kind of left again um kind of <laughs> 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 without knowing where I was gonna go and um I said okay I'm gonna move to Atlanta and then I'm going to um, go to LA. And I was only in Atlanta for like two weeks. I got a gig working at BBC America. And um, then I went to LA, I got a job at Revolt, which is funny because I left MTV and everybody wants to know where you're going. I told everybody, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go work with Diddy at Revolt. I was just capping. I just wanted to work there. I had no idea. <laughs> I told everyone. Oh, like, oh my God, I really did. Like, I've never, like, I told everyone, I'm like, yeah, I'm about to go work with Diddy at Revolt. Da, 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 da. And I, it really ended up happening. Like, it was so crazy how it happened. Um, because at the time, you couldn't even find anybody on anybody. Like, it was like a secret agency. You couldn't, you didn't, you didn't know who worked at Revolt. Like, it wasn't, like, no one had their name pop up on LinkedIn or nothing. And then I finally found someone on LinkedIn to my boss that I kept trying to write, reach out to the president, Andy Schoen, and hear anything back. There's only two people I could find. And then I got an email like, you know, can you uh, get on a Skype call with us for Revolt? And I was working a job in Atlanta and it was like on site doing all this like magic show tricks, which scared me. It was like on some demonic stuff. Like it really scared me. Um, so I just kind of like walked away and did my Skype interview. I was like, I don't care about y'all. I might work at Revolt. So I did my Skype interview. They loved me and they messaged me again. Like, can you get on Skype again? Um, just a couple days later. And I'm like, yeah, walked away again, did what I need to do. And they, that's when they offered me the job. And they were like, you know, when can you be out here? And how much do you want to make? And I was like, you know, I'm trying to get my driver's license right now. Um, I could be out there in like three months and I would like to make this much. And they were like, listen, we're launching. We need you out here in like two days. Um, but we'll give you what the amount you're asking for. Oh, what? Y'all don't see I'm there. I love that job. I waited till like 2 a.m. Have my homie Devin. I called him up like, yo, he was in Atlanta. I'm, on, I'm in a whole different part of Georgia. Like almost two hours away. I'm like, yo, can you, this is before Uber. I was like, can you come scoop me, please? And like, I'll 
give you, I was like, I'll give you some gas money. And that's when I knew Atlanta was cheap because I gave him $40 and he acted like I gave him a million dollars. He was like, wow, $40? Then took me to go eat breakfast in Chick-fil-A or whatever. And then like, and then I worked the, um, the BT Hip Hop Awards in Atlanta and then flew to LA the next day. The next day, started I was going. So how was it like launching Revolt? Like, how was that? Was it like, did you feel any pressure? How was you, like, how were you during that time? I also signed paperwork at Revolt. I'm just kidding. But I will, I will say the good thing. So Revolt, like, um, <laughs> that's how they get you. That's just giving your last check until you sign things. I don't know if that's legal, but I need that last check. I got time. But anyway, so, um, yes. So I worked, um, uh, um over 60 plus days straight not one day off when I first moved to LA and I they told me they're gonna put me in hotels so I lived across the street from Revolt in the Lowe's hotel which sounds amazing but when you're working that much like you don't even want to be in that area like I don't even want to look out my window and see Revolt like I don't want to see anything like I hate that area even when I walk by it to this day I'm like oh I hate it like it's PTSD so I um worked non-stop like because I worked in music programming and most TV stations, they have about, um, they have about like eight hours of original programming, uh, meaning like it's all new content. Revolt has like 21 hours of original programming and all of it was music videos. And that's the department I worked in. So we're over here trying to launch, you know, trying to get um, all the record labels to send us the rights to the videos and the actual video files and then we have to go put that when you see the little lower thirds on tv appreciate those okay <laughs> when you see the artist name and stuff appreciate those because that was me and then we dealing with a different time right where they switch over from sd tv the little box tvs to hd tv you have to do something with that it was a lot that went into that i'm all for these music videos and it was just a lot it was and then diddy was like oh we need you at a breakfast meeting. We need you guys at a breakfast. So I'm I'm literally ordering a breakfast sandwich at the spot next door. And I had come from no sleep. I only got, I literally had like an hour of sleep, went changed. I was like, all I want is a breakfast sandwich. I did everything you all wanted last night. Stayed in this place by myself. Then two people run up in there. Yo, Diddy wants you at his house. We got to go. And I'm like, I just ordered. Can y'all just wait like five minutes? Like, I just ordered my burrito. Like, can I just get my, they're like, no, we got to go. Da-da-da. So, um. That was my first time at Diddy's house, and we're, he's over here talking. I couldn't focus. I'm just like, where's the breakfast? Like, you didn't say it was a morning meeting. Like, you said it's a breakfast meeting. Like, where's the breakfast? I thought, you know, Diddy. I thought it was be like a long buffet table of eggs, bacon. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, like just, you know, just uh, salmon, anything for breakfast, a whole fruit platter. We were just in the living room chilling. Like, oh, let's talk about the playlist and and I'm like, this is cool, but like, where's the breakfast? So then he like stops talking. We like, you know, start talking amongst ourselves to work out things. And then like, I'm watching him like going to each room. I'm like, oh, okay, so like he must be going to go get the breakfast. Like, yes. <laughs> so then like he leaves his own house and just like leaves us there. And I'm like, okay, I'm sure somebody will come out with the breakfast. Nobody ever came out with the breakfast. Yo, what is wrong with you, y'all? Hey, guys, here he is. <laughs> so you left Revolt, um, and then you pretty much started like Air Publicity after that. Can you talk about like, during the, like where were you like how was like you during that time? Okay. Yeah, so while I was while I was at Revolt, um, 
I started getting into red carpets and hosting and journalism. I was like, LA is the perfect place to do it. So I just, you know, started out small and then I just started interviewing bigger and bigger and bigger celebrities. Everyone, like, oh my God, everyone, like Samuel Jackson, Queen Latifah, George Clooney, Ryan Gosling. Like, oh my God, I see you, like everyone I was inter- interviewing. It was amazing and it was fun. Um, so um revolt without saying too much they want everybody to sign like new contracts and i didn't want to sign it just because of the stuff that was in it um and that's when um straight out of compton came out and everyone's like yeah you're acting like ice cube not signing the contract i'm like well look at ice cube now (laughs) (laughs) so i didn't sign it i'm like you know forget this like i'm just gonna go ahead and be a, a reporter full time so that was beautiful the only thing is like it didn't pay Diddy money. Um, <laughs> like I was getting like $50 a carpet. Um, if I edit it, host it, and wrote, I might get $150. I might um, get $150. Um, so I wasn't getting anything. So I just fell into a situation where I was homeless because I'm in expensive LA. I might get a carpet once or twice a week, $50. Like that's not doing nothing. And I got an Uber there. Like I'm literally in a negative. So, um, uh, I was in a situation where I was homeless for 16 months. And um, I would just go back and forth between different hostels. I'd be in hostels with 16 plus people, men and women, co-ed, can't leave none of your stuff, um, people's floors, people's couches. I tried to check into a cheap hotel. I literally called our sister crying because there was like, it was like, it was like, even a hotel, it was a motel, cheap, cheap one. And it was like, come on the bed cheap. And they would not switch my room. Oh, damn, that's gross as fuck. It was disgusting. So I just left. Like, I'm like, can't sleep here. Um, it was just, and I didn't feel like it was safe. Like, the door didn't even lock. The front door, the door, to my hotel room, did not lock. And I'm like, what? Um, so, like, it was, it was just, like, a crazy situation. Because you spend, you wake up every morning wondering where you're going to sleep at night. And you start off with, you know, a good amount of things. And you have to condense, condense, condense. The more you move. Summer was hot as hell trying to take everything. I literally spent every day trying to figure out where I'm going to sleep at night. So it was it was a crazy situation. I was like, oh, were you, like, really homeless? Yeah, I was, like, for real homeless, like, for real. So um, one night I was supposed to stay um, at this girl's house, and she, like, flaked on me last minute. And it was super late because I was trying to text her, and I was, like, in Starbucks, stayed there till it closed on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, so now it's, like, 11 p.m., and then um, I'm still trying to text her, and now it's like midnight, almost one. So then uh, I just have my little busted laptop I got from college, and then I go into um, Lowe's Hotel, the same one I stayed at, that Revolt put me in, and um, that was the only thing like that was like open. So I just walk into um, the lobby bathroom, just walk straight into the bathroom, and I know like the people at the front desk saw me, so I'm just like, oh my God, I hope they didn't notice I don't walk back out the bathroom, because I'm definitely sleeping here tonight. Um, so I go into the bathroom stall and I'm just like in there and I'm like hearing people, sometimes I hear like people coming in like, oh my God, I hope it's not the staff is paranoid, you know? Um, so they didn't like calm down. Um, I used to the lobby like officially closed. Um, you know, they have a bar there and they drink. Yeah. So officially closed. So then I just pull out my laptop and I didn't cry or anything. I'm just like, you know, I just went into like survival instincts. I'm like, yo, how the hell? I was living good when I was working at Revolve. I had this nice little um loft and stuff in downtown LA and I'm like how the hell did you go from this to like bunk beds and in and, and hostels and people's floors and coming festival hotels and 
So I was like, you know, what can you do to make the money you want to make and live the way you need to live in LA? Like ideally, if I can live decent, like not crazy luxury, just decent, you know, the way I would like to live in LA, how much do I need to make? So I was like the first time in life I ever did a budget. And I just like pulled out an Excel sheet. I'm like, okay, this is how much the average decent, you know, apartment costs. Um, this is how much, you know, utilities are going to cost, phone bill, da 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 da. So then I'm looking at my emails and all I'm seeing is mainly like press releases and correspondences with publicists because that's what you do when you're a reporter. You're always talking to publicists. You know, I'm sure you talk to them all day, but where is the yeah. buzz? And so something was like, oh, why don't you try out PR, you know? Um, so I was like, you know, I'm just going to start Ares Publicity. I had a few friends that were actors and, you know, just in a, uh, you know, just social comedians and stuff. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to work with them. So randomly um, around the same time, someone reached, someone referred me that I used to work with a revolt to this um, company that works with Rush Card. And um, it was called Green Dot. And they paid me, offered me like uh, $1,100, $1,200 to write um, a, three stories and uh, to promote them on my Instagram. They're looking for a journalist influencer. And I'm like, oh my God, like influencers get paid this much? Like, oh my God. So, And I, I only had like 18,000 followers at the time, but they paid me that. And I used that to get my LLC for Air Publicity. And I did payment plans, of course. Um, you could pay like three installments. Um, so I was like, you know, while I'm waiting for that to come through, let me just try this PR stuff out. So I, I would go to the public library and pitch um, my friends, I said I could, you know, practice while waiting for my stuff. And that consisted of Rob Riley, who's my brother for life, and uh, Kevin Fredericks, who's Kev on stage. And I started pitching those two like crazy. And this the first day of my PR experience, um, Ebony said yes to me. KTLA said yes. Ebony said yes for Kev. KTLA said yes for Rob. And then um, I forgot, someone else said yes. I was like, oh, this PR stuff is easy. <laughs> This is easy. I'm going to come back here tomorrow. I came back the next day. I was pitching all day. I didn't hear nothing. I was like, okay, whatever. Came back the next day. didn't hear nothing back. I'm like, okay, so let me find a strategy because it was working the first day or whatever. So I just kind of like built up on that and just taught myself. I have all the press releases. I just learned, um, you know, to mimic those, to mimic things that I, I saw. And then, I, of course, you have the internet nowadays. There's no excuse why you can't learn how to do anything. And I just kind of taught myself PR. So honestly, when I said I was going to start Air Publicity, I honestly, I'm like, this is just something I'm going to play around with. And then it's going to like. How did you yeah. feel like, how did you feel like when you like first, like you're like, oh, I own my own self now? Uh, it just, it, it didn't feel, I don't think it, it took, I think it took a while to feel real because I wasn't charging correctly when I did start charging. <laughs> so like, I'm still broke. So I didn't feel like, oh, I own this. I'm like. It just felt like a gig that I got decent money off of, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I do this task and get money, you know? Um, but then when I, you know, talked to other people, like, girl, that's all you charge, and you're getting all these amazing results. And when I learned, I looked up how much to charge. You just Google how much you're supposed to charge as a publicist. I'm like, God damn, let me go ahead and charge this. Then I wanna- felt like, okay, I own some, you know? I live like I own something now, you know. So when was it like? When like was it like when you first like? Uh, what was like the first time like you like? Oh, I'm actually starting to making like real money when you had air publicity. Um, probably like six months in because I even then I when I did start charging and I started charging like five hundred a month and seven fifty a month and I was doing that for a while and then I went up to fifteen hundred a month and people were like you should do at least two so. 
um honestly i didn't start charging the way i should charge until around the time i got pregnant with jules <laughs> so i'm like listen you about to be a mom now you gotta figure it out <laughs> and anybody that knows me or is following me know i worked my behind off my whole pregnancy like my whole pregnancy yeah also that also during your pregnancy you started another another company copycat which is like who does that when they're pregnant like what what would you like <laughs> something for my child and everybody's like oh do youtube and i'm like everybody's on youtube like, yeah. no i'm not even like a youtube person so and then um you know the child i have you know about to see no front and no camera it's like one of those you and be like why the hell are we you know joel my son is disrespectful so um <laughs> uh yes yeah, so I, I i got inspo because i was looking for um maternity shoot inspo and then i would see like families pop up a lot when i was searching and they were just wearing like um plaid like ugly plaid or like ugly cheap denim and I'm like oh like there's really nothing for families to match um so that's when I came up with the idea to start a matching parent kid clothing line coffee cats and then I was like you know this is a business I'll start for my son because I can live off of Eric's did you like what was like the challenges during like your pregnancy and starting a business I know like some people that are pregnant, they're like, they're like, they don't want to like pursue anything, da, 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 which is like difficult and already because like you're pregnant, like, but like, what are like some challenges you face? To start the business or just while? Well, like during your whole pregnancy, like doing copycats, because you know, uh-huh. clothing company, you had to go do fabrics and all this other stuff and everything. Yeah, I mean, well, my biggest challenge is just like, I ha- that's when I, my business started growing like crazy. Um. We ended up getting posted by the shade room, and that's when I started getting like crazy inquiries and stuff like that. So it was just, you know, delivering what I'm supposed to deliver on the PR term, and and just trying to make sure I have a healthy pregnancy because at the end of the day, like that's what comes first. You want to make sure your child's, you know, safe and healthy, and you can't do that if you're stressed out. And then I was just getting all these opportunities I didn't want to say no to. I was getting all these amazing speaking engagements, and I had delivered a keynote, which you came with me to, and um, Washington and stuff. And it, it was just, I felt bad for, like, taking a nap or, like, I was just tired. I remember you telling me, I was talking about Brazilian, like, I, I was just, I felt bad, though. I'm like, I have so much work to do. I have time to take a nap. This baby wants me to sleep. Like, that was just my biggest thing, and it was just, like, a shock I was still like oh my god I'm freaking pregnant and just dealing with the the fears you have of being a new parent and you know uh I didn't have my own spot yet either at the time you know so I was you know trying to save up for that to get it you know make sure I get a spot and not only that but the spot's fully set up by the time the child comes and doing all of that and like oh and then the, my relationship too I was in just went south um so Dealing with all of that while you're pregnant is is a lot because you just don't you don't know what's gonna happen. But um, that's what motivated me. I just wanted to make sure my son would be okay at the end of the day. That was all that mattered, and it just worked out because I worked my behind off and I did exactly what I needed to do, and everything worked out perfectly. So, what are what are some advice you would have for like somebody that's pregnant that wants to like start a business or do something while they're like pregnant? Oh, just do it, do it. I mean, do it, but do it at a pace that is that that's realistic. Do it at a pace that's realistic. Don't be too hard on yourself. If you're tired, take a damn nap. Um, 
And if you get discouraged at any time, just remind yourself that you have a blessing that is growing inside of you. And um, that's your motivation right there, that blessing that you have right there. So that, that, that was my biggest motivator. Like, I'm so thankful for my son because, like, without him, like, I know it's just crazy to think how different my mindset was. I think I was comfortable getting, like, the decent rate I was charging. And my whole finance, my whole tax bracket changed just from having it. children is a crazy motivation having that extra motivation is just crazy I wouldn't have the clothing line at all I wouldn't have been looking for maternity shoots or come across matching families nor would I care um and even if I did like it wouldn't the only thing that makes it fun is that like, oh I can also dress myself with my son and we can model it and it's for him you know um but I don't know so that would just be my advice to just do it um use your child as motivation but also be realistic and don't be too hard on yourself so okay so you like been in the forbes essence all these publications route 100 you won countless awards what's like like your greatest accomplishment like career-wise that you look up to like something that was like yo this is like really dope to like to me like when you first achieved it Honestly, just I don't I don't have one thing with me specifically. Like I think like with me, I, it's just it's just cool. Like I was it was amazing to be in Forbes, especially because it came the morning after um, I did Floyd Mayweather's birthday party. So it was just back to back, and it's like this is someone. When, and that's another thing too I didn't talk about when I first got into PR. Um, a lot of publicists, you know, they reach out to me to interview their clients and stuff. They weren't supportive at all. They were very like mean about it and like on some hater tip stuff uh, and this very negative so they made me feel like I was gonna fell in PR before I even started oh you're doing PR now you're trying to be a publicist I'm like I'm just trying to survive honestly that's what I'm trying to do um, but what made it meaningful was getting these black faces in these prominent publications like I didn't see anyone really putting black people, any publicists putting black people in Forbes, getting their faces in Forbes and in Business Insider and Entrepreneur and all these amazing publications that you don't see black people in. And it's just like, I and I generally like read Forbes and stuff way before I was in it. I'm like, you know, this is like a cool story, but like, what about the people who didn't come from money who have these real stories? How about these people that didn't have an education to fall back that still made? Like, this is a story. You know what I'm saying? Like, and me being able to help these Black entrepreneurs, these Black entertainers grow, their businesses grow, help their goals be achieved and stuff. A lot of them took their last money and used it, invested with me, hoping it would work out. And to be able to deliver, like, that that's just amazing. Like me help, being able to help other people like that, especially within my community, that's awesome. Um, but definitely being recognized by The Root is amazing. Being recognized in, in Black Enterprise, especially the way they did it with the video interview. Um, shout out to Selena. Like that, that was amazing. Like amazing opportunities. All that has helped my business grow, which helped my clients. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just recently did a TED Talk um, which will be up next week, by the way. Uh, my TED Talk in Atlanta, like, that's like, what? I did a TED Talk? Like, that's, a, like, an amazing thing to accomplish. So, I mean, all of that is amazing. I just kind of take it, you know, at, a, at one step by step. But I have 
clients that I'm always focused on 24 seven that I don't even really think about myself. Even when I got the TED talk opportunity, I was able to put on three of my clients for the same opportunity. You know, I'm never just thinking about myself. So, I mean, that's amazing. Uh, but nothing is cool. I mean, Jules' mom. Nothing is cool. My baby is so dope. Like, I have the dopest baby. Uh, talking about, like, PR still, um, like, say, like, if I, like, when is, like, a good time for somebody to, like, get PR for themselves? It's a good time to get PR when you did something. <laughs> <laughs> people don't, people just say, I don't want to be listening to this, and they don't do nothing. Well, I'm about to do this. I was thinking about doing this, or you can help me do this. No, I'm not going to help you write your book. I'm not going to help you launch your company. I'm not going to help you get numbers up. I'm not going to help you. I mean, I'm going to eventually help with PR, but you have to start somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't be like, oh, I'm thinking about launching a business. I want to hire you. I can't do nothing with about to. You know what I'm saying? People don't really pour on about to unless you are at a stature or a status in life where you've already achieved amazing things. You know what I'm saying? Like Jay-Z uh, is going to invest in the cannabis industry. Well, we know it's Jay-Z. It's going to get done, right? So if you're Joe Smo from wherever, we don't know if you're going to do it because a zillion people have ideas and they never do it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I can't pitch about to. It's a good time to get PR when you've actually done something and you do accomplish something and then you want publicity around it. If you haven't done nothing, then I can't do nothing for you. All right, before I let you go and have enjoy your day and stuff, um, where can like people follow you at and follow your business at and everything? You know. Okay, somebody that watches it. <laughs> At Kiki Airs on everything. Kiki Airs on Twitter. Kiki Airs on Instagram. I'll be using Twitter, fam. Huh? You'll be using Twitter. I'm going to. Hey, I th- did you want to do it or you want me to do it? I'm doing it. Oh, bad, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Shout your, your business out, too. I even tell you, I came up from Twitter before Instagram. That's where I got most of my followers from Twitter, so don't play me. Anyway... You gonna you don't know you wasn't even on Twitter. You was playing basketball in the park and stuff. You was you too young to know, okay? So okay, anyway, okay. it's at Kiki Ears on Instagram, at Kiki Ears on Twitter. That's K-I-K-I-A-Y-E-R-S. Okay? And you can shop copycats, copycatsinc.com, or you can go to our Instagram at shop copycats and shop through our Instagram page. Airs Publicity is just at Airs Publicity, or you can email me from my Instagram or the Airs Publicity Instagram account. Email me, please. Don't um, DM me. Does anybody want to shout out before we go? Jules. All right, shout, shout out to Jules. Jules Oh, you can follow him too at I am Jules Zion. <laughs> uh, about time you got, all right, thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Shout out to Lane Air's podcast, you know. <laughs> I want you to know I'm your first guest. And when uh, this blows up, I'm going to keep reminding you that I was your first guest. Okay, I couldn't. Okay, never mind. All right, peace out. <laughs>